Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen.
Well, I'm going to minister on, uh, I think. Um, what, what do I have? What, 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 what do we call it? No, 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 celebrate your knee. That was, that was Sunday. Yeah. Oh, we through with that. Yeah, we're talking about, uh, yeah, Wednesday, we're talking about renewing the mind. Your mind controls your life. All right, I, what, what do you want to hear? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what I want to hear. I want to hear the Holy Ghost. And uh, would you all give my wife a great big God bless you? For, for allowing me to, uh, to do what I've been doing. Speaking so profoundly. But, uh, can I give you something fresh off the cooker? Sit down for a second. And good evening to our e-church. I'll just stop when the time is up. Uh, I'll just stop. Uh, but uh, thank, thank you all for being here. Um, to turn, if you would, your Bibles to the first synoptic gospel. I think chapter number 12, yes, chapter 12, and I want to read something here, then we don't get into the lesson if the Holy Spirit permits. Uh, verse 22, then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed. Now, they don't have it on the screen because I, I didn't. I, well, they do. Who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed, and he healed him. Who, who are we talking about? Jesus. Jesus healed him. So that the blind and mute man both spoke and what? And saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Now, when the Pharisees, religious folk, and it's amazing how many people come to church faithfully and they're nothing but a Pharisee. They have no, no, no real relationship with Jesus at all. Uh, now, when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow, notice that they didn't even bestow honor on him. And watch people who don't give honor. I said, watch people who don't give honor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they said, uh, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. You see, whenever you start really doing something for God, you're going to get criticized. And if you're sitting here or listening, and you haven't been criticized, you haven't done anything yet for the kingdom of God. That's a fact. That's a fact. If, if your greatest challenge is simply because something you don't have, 
you're not operating according to kingdom principles. Because whenever you engage in the kingdom of God principles, immediately you have an opposer. Immediately. There's no way that Harvest Church can do what it has done in this city for 30-something years and everybody speaks well of us. Somebody's got to lie. Somebody's got to lie. Somebody has to be saying something about this ministry that is not so and about me, that I'm a cult leader, this is a cult, and uh, all we you know, do out there is want to take your money. You can't sit on the front row. You can't sit up close unless you're tithing. All kind of old stuff. Some of you know that's not a lie. That's, that's a lie. All, all kind of crazy stuff. That that's a cult out there. And, and what are y'all doing way out there across uh, uh, the Missouri River? Y'all way out there across from Royals of Fun? Just tell them we're just a block or two from where they go to the casino. But Jesus, look at this, but Jesus knew their minds, but Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, here we go, every kingdom. So Jesus, my point is, is Jesus is talking about a kingdom. And you better wake up today and realize that there are two kingdoms. And I'm not talking about down there at Arrowhead. Are you listening to me? Jesus said, look at this. Every what? So Jesus acknowledges that there is a, such a thing as a kingdom. Why? Because he represents a kingdom. And he is talking to the, to the doubter, to the agnostics, to the skeptics. He says, you know about kingdoms. And then he says, and every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself, come on, will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, isn't that amazing that Jesus has to explain himself to religious folk that he is not of the devil? Come on now, just clap on that. Just, just clap on that. Clap in advance. Because that tells you right there, if you start doing something for God, there's a great possibility they'll attribute what you're doing as the works of the devil. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, come on now, surely, oh, he's going to talk about another kingdom. Surely what? The kingdom of God has come unto you. 
So he went from talking about one kingdom and started talking about another. So it's clear from Jesus that there are two kingdoms in the universe. And everybody under the sound of my voice, you are a citizen of one of those kingdoms. Ooh, Jesus. And you will know who is over that kingdom if you're subjected to them or not based upon the fruit that, amen, manifests on your tree. For Jesus said, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So we all will know what kingdom that we are a part of just by looking at our fruit. Why? Because a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Say amen to this truth. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. And then he will plunder his house. Here he goes. This is Jesus talking. And he says, he who is with me, he who is not with me, who's talking? Jesus said, he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Ooh, Jesus, quiet. So Jesus is talking about spiritual warfare, yes? I said yes? Now, thank God for the Gospels. But as believers, we will never learn how to do spiritual warfare reading the Gospels. As a matter of fact, reading the Gospels is wonderful, yes? But you will never know who you are in Christ reading the Gospels. Reading the Gospels, you will never know with revelation why Jesus came, died, and rose from the dead if you only read the Gospels. That's why we have to thank God for Apostle Paul because without the epistles, we don't know who we are, we don't know where we are, we don't know what we can have, and we don't know what we can do. That's why the disciples kept bumping into each other and would get Jesus when the crowd would disperse, they would get him alone and say, Jesus, explain to us what, what you meant. And we still would not know what Jesus meant without the epistles. Are, are you listening to me? You will never find out who you are, what you can have in the gospel. That's why as a believer, you should be wearing out the epistles because the epistles were written to you to show you how to walk in victory in this life. Are you listening to me? That's why under the Gospels, you remember Peter? You all remember Peter? 
when they came to, to arrest Jesus, what did Peter do? Because he didn't have revelation. He was in the, he was in the Gospels. Jesus hadn't died and arisen and ascended to the Father, and Apostle Paul hadn't been released into his ministry. So when the, when, the, when the soldiers came to get Jesus, Peter acted out of the flesh. Peter thought it was a physical find. He also lacked discernment because Jesus didn't need his help. Are you listening to me? We have a poor Savior if he needed Peter's help. Let me help you. We have a poor Savior if he's, if he's resting on your help because some of you haven't got started. Are you all listening to me? So now, go to Ephesians real quick. This is straight off the cuff. Go to Ephesians 6, and now we're going to understand what Jesus was saying and dealing with in Matthew chapter 12. And that's why the devil works overtime to try to get you all, uh, all out of agreement. Whether in your marriage, your family, in a church, or in your business, because if Satan can rob you of unity, he can steal your increase. And Jesus said that if you don't maintain unity and agreement in your marriage, in your family, in your church, in your business, the devil will have his way. Is this, this helping anybody? I feel like I'm losing weight just standing here. Are you in Ephesians? Look at Ephesians chapter 6. Now we're going to understand because Peter was trying to do spiritual battle with natural instruments. Why? Because he didn't understand. And we wouldn't understand today without the epistles. And even with the epistles, if you don't study, you'll still fight each other. Because you will still think that your fight is with your pastor, the pastor with the parishioners, the parishioners with the city, the city with the parishioners. We'll fight each other. Your battle is not your spouse. If we can just locate the devil and bind him up and cast him out, you'd have a good union. If you could just get the devil off of your children, you'd have good kids. Jesus, preach it, boy. You didn't raise your kids to act like that, but they're acting like something. And if you don't know what's going on, you will fight your children, and your children will fight you. I mean physically, if they're not already rolling their eyes at you. Rolling their eyes at you and grunting, that's the first stage before the fight is on. Because they'll roll their eyes, eventually they'll talk back to you. And if they'll talk back to you, eventually they'll hit you or kick you. We're getting quiet now. Let me get, give me something else, Jesus, because you know folk do not like you talking about their children. You already know that. 
Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, brethren, be strong and under the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For Here we go. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So the devil and fallen demons, look up here, and demons are not in hell. The Bible says they're in heavenly places. So somewhere between earth, and I won't have time to get into that. That's not my lesson because the Bible talks about the third heaven, and I believe that's where God resides. And he may reside other places. We don't know. But it's clear from Scripture, somewhere between earth and wherever God is, there's, there's interference. And one theologian who I study after, he made a comment. I haven't practiced it. I do it every time I engage in it, but I've never done it, you know, with the mind I'm going to get up in an airplane and do spiritual warfare. But one man of God said he noticed who has a sincere prayer life. He's going to be with the Lord now. Has a sincere, had a sincere prayer life. He said, I noticed whenever I would fly on a plane and get up high above the the. The, the immediate earth, he said, I noticed that it was easier to pray. And he said, I discovered then that somewhere between earth and wherever our prayers are supposed to reach in heaven, there's, there's a battle going on. Come on, don't look at me like that. I've been teaching you too much word over the years for you to look at me like a cow looking at a new game. Because we know in Daniel chapter 10, it talks about Daniel, the day you set yourself to pray. God heard you and sent the answer. But getting it from heaven where God is to the earth where you are, there was opposition. For the prince of Persia withheld me, was fighting. Come on now. And the thing that I want you to understand today, notice when you get over into the epistles, which we are now, notice the battle hasn't changed. That there was opposition with Daniel when he prayed. There'll be opposition with Shirley when she prays. Ooh, Jesus. And then yet Paul says that we're not wrestling against one another. That, that there is an, an invisible world that certainly carnal Christians don't see. Would somebody put that fan on me, please? Yeah. Would somebody put that fan on me? Is it warm in here or is it just me? Pardon me? It's warm. T tell, tell the ushers that thank you so much. Ooh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glad I'm going to heaven. So we see from Scripture that we're in a battle. And hear me, saints. You're fighting 
for your peace. You're fighting for your joy. You're fighting for your son. You're fighting for your daughter. You're fighting for your grandbabies. You're fighting for your finances. You're fighting to keep your house. You're fighting to keep your car. You're fighting to keep your health. You're fighting to keep a peace of mind. You're fighting to keep from going crazy. You're fighting to stop from worrying. You're fighting not to be in depression. You're, you're, you're fighting to live and not die. You're fighting to be the head and not the tail. You're fighting to be on top and not beneath. You're fighting for your marriage to last. You're fighting for your children to grow up and not act like the devil. You're fighting. You're fighting that when your children and your grandbabies grow up, that the devil can't have them. You can't have my son. You can't have my daughter. And because we are people of faith, we're not moved by what we see. We're only moved by the word of God. I don't care how they acting now. I know what God told me. So nobody going to believe they're going to change but me and God. I know what God told me. I know what God told me about him and her the day that they were born. And the devil can't take from my heart what God placed in my heart about my son and my daughter and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren and my great-great-great-grandchildren. Somebody shout, the devil is alive. Please, please have a seat. Glory to God. And so last, last Wednesday, uh, we dealt with uh, your mind controls your life. And then I broke down several scriptures from the Hebrew perspective where we learned last Wednesday about the outer mind. Come on, anybody here from last Wednesday? We learned about the and the, and the inner mind. And you have to understand that truth if you're going to walk in victory. Can somebody say amen? amen? Now, let's proceed on. If they would, in the video department, if they would just put up nugget number five and nugget number six. That's, that's all I need tonight. Nugget number five, because everybody else, they've been here. Uh, well, they may have been here last Wednesday. But put up nugget number five and number six. The person, who was here last Wednesday? Okay, all you, put your hand up, you was here last week. Everybody who don't have their hand up, get with somebody with their hand up in the hallway or in the parking lot and, and get the rest of the nuggets because they will bless you immensely. But for the sake of time, nugget number five. Ready, read. The mind is part of your soul. It's part of your soul, your, your will, your emotions, your imagination, etc. And it has to be what? It has to be transformed. It has to be renewed, it, it, uh, which just simply means it has to change. And then last Wednesday we used, 
we used a PowerPoint of a, of a caterpillar. You all remember that? And how it went into a transformation. Uh, what do we call that? A metamorphosis? There it is. You remember that? Go ahead and do it again so those who wasn't here last Wednesday can, can at least be in the caboose part of the train. You, you remember this? So the caterpillar went into a cocoon. Mm-hmm. Thank God the caterpillar was willing to stay in the process. Oh my, look what happened. And that's what happened with you. Said you always crawling around in your belly eating dirt and the last of the line can't pay your bills. If you'll go through the process, one day you'll fly over everything that's giving you trouble today. If you'll stay with the word of God. If you'll stay with the word of God. I'm going to say something. I didn't say stay with money. I said stay with the word of God. My, my wife said something to me today, something you've heard me say over the years. Ever since I was in the ministry, I made a decision with God. I said I'll never be motivated by money. I'll never be motivated by money. So when I used to count the money myself and everything, I took everything to the bank. I had to count it, calculate it, get the bottom line, put it in a little bag that the bank gave me and take it to the bank on Monday and, you know, pull up to the window and they would take it. And every now and then they'd laugh at me and smile, you know, because the amount. But, but it didn't stop me. I showed up the next Monday. And most of that was in the bag was my own personal tithe and offering of the money I was making from Colgate Palmolive. Most of the time, whatever was in the bag, it amounted to more than everybody else in the church what they gave. Because I made large sums of money at Colgate Palmolive. And then one day I was on my way to work and the Lord said, that's it. It wasn't a problem for me. Everybody on the job was upset, thought I'd snap my mind because there were pastors. There were ministers who worked at Colgate. And they came to see, never spoke to me the whole time I was there until they found out I was leaving, that I was quitting. Man, man, no, man I mean, I, they, they said all kinds of things to me. I said, I didn't come to Kansas City to get money. God sent me to Kansas City to start a church. And God said, if I would do what he called me to do, he would take care of me. Amen. And I always understood that if money is your motivating thing, money will always lead you out of the will of God. If money is your motivating factor, money will, eventually the devil will find your price. If money is your motivating factor, the devil will find your price. And it will always look right. Just like they thought I was crazy for walking off that job. But I obeyed God. And you see me today, look like I made it. Because God is faithful. As a, no, no, here, here you go. If I'd have stayed, I'd have been out of the will of God and the company folded and left Kansas City. So all them folks who thought I was crazy, I left when God told me to leave. They left when Colgate told them to leave. Are, are you all with me? Nugget number six, please. This is powerful. Ready? Read, please. Is that sound? Is that the wind from? Yeah, turn, turn that away from my thing, please. Can you all hear that wind blowing? Hallelujah. Look, look up here. Okay, look over there. He, look at that. Look at him. He's messing with the fan. Y'all see it? All right, now come on back over here. Come, come, come on back up here. Okay, man. 
The mind is the seat of all spiritual and carnal conflict. So the battle is in your mind. Satan is always trying to get you to focus, to meditate on something that is anti-Christ. He's always trying to get you to focus on something that you shouldn't be doing. He's always trying to get you to focus on something that you should not be focusing on. Why? Because wherever you're focused, that's where you'll go. Did you, did you catch that? That's why Satan is always working overtime to try to get you focused on somebody else. Why? Because if you get your focus off of who you should be focusing on and you get it on somebody on the job, that's where you're going to go. Because you're going to go where you're focused. Ooh, Jesus. Are you listening to me? If you're focused on better, you're going to do better. If you're focused on struggle, you're going to struggle. If you, if you focus on abundance, you'll have abundance. If you focus on lack, you'll have lack. Why? Because if that's what you're focusing on, you'll talk that way. You'll think that way. You'll believe that way. And you'll have what you say. I was talking to a family member the other day and my heart, my heart, man, my heart. And don't look at me funny. Everybody got them. And the stuff they were saying they were only saying what they were being taught. And I tried before, and it's like they didn't hear me because my voice is not the voice they're hearing on a regular basis. They're hearing this other voice, whoever their preacher is. And I, I mean, just sickness everywhere. And they're just talking about it like they own it. I mean, everybody's sick. And I wanted to say, <laughs> but I said it before, and it's like they didn't hear me. And when I hung up, I was like, oh, Lord. And it's like God said, it's their teaching. That's what they believe for because that's their teaching. They think that that's what I'm doing. They think that that's me putting sickness on them and their children. That's why you can't get through to them. Because they believe the person who's speaking over them over you. Why? Because faith comes by and hearing bottle. It, it, it is important what church you go to. You can go to the wrong place and die. And all you caught was a cold. Jesus. Is this good? Now let's go to 3 John. 3 John. I took up most of my time with that sidebar, but, but I don't apologize. Because a house divided against itself, Jesus said, it's not going to stand. So you better work overtime to get unity in your marriage. Unity in your house, unity in your church, and unity in your business. Because Jesus said it won't stand. It won't, it, it won't continue. 
that eventually it'll fall apart. Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself can't stand. Are you all listening to me? Now, are you in 3 John? Look at this. Look at this. Uh, Somebody said, what chapter? Okay. Chapter (laughs) 2. Okay. Look what it says in verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper, underline prosper, in all things. How many things? And be in health. Just as your, come on, just as your, as your, your soul prosper. So it's clear from the word of God that your, that your, your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health is all relative to the degree that you develop your soul which is your mind. In other words, your life is not going to go any further than your mind. In essence, what the word is saying, you cannot go any further in life than where you are right now unless you change your mind. Why is that, preacher? Because however you have been thinking has brought you to where you are now whether you're in a house or an apartment or a tent, whether you're driving a Chevrolet or a Volkswagen or a Mercedes, whether you're making $80,000 a year or $8,000 a year, whether you own your own business or own welfare, if you got enough money to help people or you need money to, 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 or you need personal money yourself to help take care of your own responsibilities, All of that has come to a point because of the way you think. Be quiet. Whatever you have right now or whatever you do not have, it's all based upon the way you think. If you have a bad marriage, you chose them. Okay, let me put it this way. If you don't like what you got, you chose them. Now, since you've done it, amen, we're going to trust the grace and mercies of God to help us to get through it. But you chose them. Nobody put a gun to your head and said, if you don't say, I do. Some of you look at me like I said, I wish somebody would have. All I'm simply saying, and I know that's kind of a crude Maybe that wasn't a good analogy. I'm just simply trying to get you to see that where you are today, those are your choices. And stop blaming other people. Because you're never going to change if you're blaming it on somebody else. Nobody has that much control over my life that they can stop me from doing what God's called me to do. Nobody. I said Nobody. That's too much control to give another human being who got issues like me. Yes, 
So if we don't like where we are, it is our choices that brought us there. Are you all listening to me? And if you, oh Jesus, if you, I don't want to say that. If you don't change your mind and you break away from a girlfriend or a boyfriend, you like that? Nine times out of ten, you're going to choose another boyfriend or girlfriend quite similar to them. Just in a different package. Why? Why are you saying, preacher? Because whatever way you were thinking that made you choose the last person had to catch myself. If you don't change the way you think, you are drawing on the same information. And more often than not, your next choice will be worse than the last one. Because at least the last one had his own car. This new kid on the block is driving his mama's car. And you think it's his because he's got it all the time. I'm just simply saying that all of our choices are birthed out of the way we think. Somebody shout, poverty. It's in the head. And, and I, I, I want to be transparent because you can't help people if you're not transparent. But, but I realized there's, there was and still certain things, but there were some major things that, that I really did need to change. That, that I really, as a person, I really needed to change if anybody was going to live with me and stop making excuses that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm spiritual. You see that spiritual look I just put on you? <laughs> and humble myself before God because, you see, knowledge will push you up, particularly if you're insecure. Are you all listening to me? And I'm still in the process, so I don't want to stand here like I got it all together. And don't look over at my wife, because she'll have that look like I don't have it all together. And while you're looking at her, I'm looking at yours. Because none of us have it all together. But until you are willing to change your mind, there will be no improvement. You might say you're sorry, but nothing will change. Because until you change your mind, you're going to keep doing the same thing because you are the same. And so I had to really get into the Word of God. And I'm telling you people, when you really get into the Word of God, it will deal with you. I can't even tell you how many messages I stood behind this podium and preached to you and got behind the wall and God said, that wasn't for them. Come on. 
That's why you're so scared when you was walking out there. And I'm still nervous when I come out. And if you don't believe it, come on up here and you finish my message. See how dry your mouth will get. And you'll discover how not needed you really are. Because they'll be knocking. Because all you need is a couple of two or three people in the audience looking at you half crazy. And unless you're really called, you won't be able to plow through it. I'm telling you the truth. Are you all listening to me? So when you get into the word of God, it will really deal with you. And you have to make a decision. Do you really want to change? James chapter 1, let's close with this, with a few moments that we have left. James chapter 1. I think this will, will help us. I apologize for pulling on my stuff so much. That's, uh, that's not etiquette in the pulpit, and I was trained better in Bible college. But uh, what I'm doing is better than the other. Are you in James chapter 1? And I'll close with this. Look at verse number 21. James chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive, Steve, with meekness the implanted word which is able Save your soul. Notice, people of God, that the word of God contains the power to change your mind. Listen to it in the Amplified. Can you put it up in the Amplified for me? Can you put up James 1.21 in the Amplified? Is that the Amplified? Is that the Amplified? That is? Let's read it. So get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness and in a humble, gentle, modest spirit. Ah. Not haughty, not arrogant, but in a gentle, modest spirit. Receive and welcome, finish it, the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts, oh, here you go, contains the power. Save your soul. So Jesus, his half-brother, notice he didn't say that your soul is saved by making his brother your Lord. Notice that Jesus, his half-brother, he didn't say that, your, that your, your soul is saved by making his brother your Lord and Savior. He says the word of God, that you have to constantly receive the word of God and the power that, it, that is in the word is able to shape and to mold your soul, your mind. 
that the word of God has so much power in it that it will penetrate your very being, that you will start talking the word, you'll start thinking the word. In the daytime, you'll meditate on the word. At nighttime, you'll meditate on the word. When you open your mouth, you'll speak the word. When folk get on your last nerve, when they pressure you, you'll start saying the word and not speaking out of your feelings or your emotions or your carnal nature. You'll get no joy out of saying things to people to hurt them. I, I told them, didn't I? By guarantee, she or he won't come around here again. They might mess with somebody, but they won't mess with me no more because I gave them something. That's your carnal nature, and your flesh loves it. And your group that you run with, they love it too if they're carnal. Because that's not God's way. I said, that's not God's way. I said, that's not. That's, that's not God's way. Is this blessing anybody? And so James says, but it won't work unless you renew your mind. James said, the, the power is in the word of God to transform your thinking. But, but it won't work unless you renew your mind. And James goes on to say that you can't just be a hearer of the word, but you have to be a doer thereby. Not just a hearer only. And it's sad to say, there's so many church folk that are just hearers only. They're just hearers only. I'm convinced they're just hearers only because if they were more than hearers, they would show the proof. And the Bible does not say that the blessings of God will flow in your life just from hearing the word. You have to act upon it as well. You have to be a doer of the word. And then you can't blame your pastor because you're not faithfully doing the word of God. You mad at me and mad at your church. I'm still anointed. You just need to do the word. Hey, did I hear a little baby? Where's the baby at? I heard a little baby. Yeah, bring the baby here. Yeah, bring the, is that coach? Yeah, coach, bring your daughter here. And just, just real quick, coach, bring her here like you're running a touchdown. And he's a, he's a phenomenal football coach, too, working with our kids. Come stand up here with your PlayStation shirt on. Okay. Turn around and let everybody see. Look, at, look at the baby. Now, I did it for a reason, and you are responding exactly like I thought you would. Look at look, daddy. Look at daddy. And look how you all, look, look how y'all are about to, ooh, y'all just say, I didn't ask you to do that. Y'all say, ooh, look at the baby. Mm -hmm. uh, this pretty little girl right here. Yeah, right here. Yeah, with, yeah, with your neck. Come on, girl. You're going to be on camera. They're going to see you around the world. 
Okay. Um, um, let, let me hold the baby. I, has she been dedicated? Okay. I just make sure I don't touch her until the day. Okay. Uh, somebody uh, come get, get the baby real quick and take it to mommy. Somebody come get the baby real quick. This is not a trick. Okay. Yeah, yeah, take the mommy, uh, grandma right there. Okay. Okay. Uh, pick her up. Well, no, but here, here, pick her. Pick, here, come around here. Put your, put your arms out. Put your arms. You, you strong enough. Just, just lay back. Lay, lay back. Pick her up. Pick her up. Pick, hold her. Oh, this pretty little baby. Pretty. Now, now hold on now. Look how you responded when he was holding that little baby. And look how you responded when he was holding her like she was a little baby. And your response was, you need to put that big... That big old girl, she don't need to be held by her daddy. She need to be holding him. No, 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 don't laugh. Well, go ahead and laugh. But, but your, your whole countenance changed. Now, now, mind you, not long ago, she looked just like that. If we could take her back a few years and he would hold her, you would respond to the same person. You would have responded to this same young lady just like you responded to that baby. If we go back a few years and she was the age of that baby, y'all would have said, ooh, look at so pretty eye, ooh, dark eyebrow, oh my goodness, my eyelashes. <laughs> but now she's of age and your whole response to her with him holding her totally changed and that's the way it is spiritually I don't mind holding you when you're like that little baby but when you walk up in here and you look like her and you still want me to hold you Pastor Google Gaga Gaga Google thank you so much baby girl Come on back, baby girl. You did so good. Let, let me give you something. Come here, girl. You can go to White Castles with this. Ooh-wee. You better recognize. She said, I'm coming back next Wednesday. And I'm not sitting on the second row. I'm sitting on the front row now. Pastor's giving out money. So do you see? You need to spiritually grow up. And church members are killing their pastors. Because they refuse to grow up. Still running around offended over nothing. Still holding meetings in your house against your leader. Grow up. If you don't agree, get out. But don't stay in here and try to tear up the house. 
You got more revelation than I got? Take it somewhere. And let those who believe you follow you. Are you listening to me? Paul said, well, by now, you ought to be teachers. But you still need milk. And I don't have a problem giving a bottle to that baby. But if that girl come up here to my pastor, give me a bottle. I'm, I'm taking her to the hospital. Because something's wrong. I'll give her a glass and I gave her the money she can go buy a gallon of milk. But we're not putting in a bottle with a nipple and that's how some church folks are. Still running around the church with an invisible bottle and an invisible nipple in their mouth. You know who they are because they get offended over anything. I'm so tired of hearing folk who should be mature by now coming back to church to my pastor. I'm back. I'm sorry. I got offended. And I want to say, you big baby. <laughs> Stephen got quiet. Is this helping anybody about all? Your, your, your mind will control your life. And for some of you tonight, hear my heart. I'm praying that you'll grab a hold of what I'm teaching and get really serious about developing your mind in the word of God so that before you die, you can experience the kind of victory that Jesus paid the price for you to experience, not in heaven, but on earth. And stop negating it by your lack of consistency and your immaturity and your carnality. If somebody don't speak to you in the hallway, so what? If something happens and you're away from the church three or four days and for some reason or another you don't get a call but your friend got one, so what? Playing sick just to see if you're going to get some flowers from the church? Then your carnal friends in your church call you? Did, did, uh, did they call you? So, so, see, they didn't come representing the pastor. They, they came to start trouble. Mm -hmm. Well, well, what's, what's your opinion about this tithing thing? Mm -hmm. My opinion is like my man of God. And if yours is not like him, I don't want to hear your opinion. Mm -hmm. What do you think about it? tithing and offering. I think what my man of God taught me. 
And if you don't believe what our man of God taught about it, I don't want to hear your opinion. And if you feel that way about it, it's clear you're not supporting the vision. So if you're not supporting the vision, you're causing division. It's almost say like Jesus. You're either for me, you're either for the vision, or you've been sent here to cause division concerning the vision. You're doing one of the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if somebody in this church, you call or they call you, and when y'all hang up, they're, they're less hooked up with me than they were before they talked to you, you're causing division. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Jesus. And let it go on record. I don't care about you not agreeing. Just go somewhere where you can agree. Just go somewhere where you agree. And if you got that much revelation about it, start your own church. Somebody said, you saying it? Yes, what I say, I'm not going to lose one member that God has ordained for me to pastor. Not one. Not one. If they can leave, they're not mine. And I can't pastor what God didn't give me. Are you listening to me? I can't, I can't pastor what God didn't give me. They're just hanging around, but I'm not pastoring them. I cannot pastor those that God didn't give me. Who Jesus. So that's why I can say what I'm saying. Because those that God had given me, none of them are going nowhere. I am their pastor. Hands down. Hands down. That is their first lady. Right there. That's their spiritual mama. Right there. Ain't no three or four of them sitting up in this church. There she is. There she is. Don't have nothing to do with age. Has to do with apostolic order. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Oh, Jesus. Y'all get anything tonight? Your mind controls your life. Your mind controls your life. Ooh-wee. Let, let's end on a good note. Everybody, would you please stand? Uh, grab the hand, one hand or finger or, or something. Look at them. I don't want to get in no more trouble. Elbow. Yeah, rub your toe. Do something. Uh, just contact somebody so they know that you're talking to them. That what you're getting ready to say out of your mouth that you're speaking this over their lives. Say, neighbor, God wants to do things that your natural mind is not ready for. But your spirit is ready. Good God of mercy. I'm going to say it one more time. Neighbor, ooh, God. God wants to do things 
that your natural mind is not even ready for. Good God, who am I talking to right here? But your spirit man is ready for it. And in the name of Jesus, God, this press down, shaken together, unexplainable blessing that you have with my name on it, my spirit man, my spirit man, my spirit man is ready for it. In the name of Jesus, let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Somebody shout and give God praise. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening. 